Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? Rest in peace, Earl Simmons. Rest in peace. Uh, I notice when you guys hear this, it's going to feel like a little bit late, but it's still kind of hot off the press. Uh, so I know in this first part of the podcast, I, I definitely want to share some DMX stories and pay tribute to the dog, uh, who without, in my estimation, without a doubt, is one of the most influential, um, heartfelt, genuine brothers to ever touch that microphone uh and this one got me a little bit um yeah i sent out a post telling a dmx story and i had to quickly jump off because uh i was gonna start welling up man um so yeah rest in peace dmx uh before i jump in you sir man uh you know like i i was explaining this to you the other night that um i'm old i'm 10 years older than you And so, obviously, I listened to DMX, but DMX wasn't like that. wasn't the the guy I came up with. Mm -hmm. So it hit me, but it didn't hit me like as hard as you did. And what I said to you was, um, because of that, when he passed, even before he passed, what you saw going on in New York Mm -hmm. and even across the country, um, it really showed the love that everybody had for him. Yeah, and. um, again, like I said, I didn't come up with him, so I was I was actually surprised how big it was. 
uh, and I shouldn't say surprised, but I, I was I was impre- impressed. I, I would say right. that uh, that he that his mark uh, was bigger than I had assumed. Right. Um, and because he had, you know, I, I saw him in Arizona. Uh, I mean, I didn't like hang out with him. I mean, you just right. would see him sometimes. And um, you know, he he struggled at that time. And you know, I didn't know that that legacy that he had that he left behind was going to carry the way that it did. And uh, rest in peace, man. You know, um, I love at the end of the day when the things that people should care about, they recognize and care about. Like we can like there comes a point where we cut through all the red tape, all the bureaucracy, all the bullshit and get to the heart of what really matters. Um, And that's why I've always said to me, especially in this business, in terms of my position, I feel like there's the people's champ and the paper champ. And I've always said that on paper, you're the champion, meaning the industry. The the industry recognizes you. But then there's the people. And some dudes are one or the other. Some dudes are both. Uh, And you, you would love to be both because that for you is like, okay, I'm validated in terms of my craft and what I do by the industry. But I'm also validated by the streets. And the people, which which means authenticity, which means belief, and 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 it, you know, for the sake of paying your bills, one is bigger than the other, but for the sake of who you are as a human being, your integrity, what matters to you, what really is important, being a people's champ to me, <clears throat> always leads bigger than being the paper champ. But if you can be both. That's ideal because, again, you got the respect of the people, but you got the love of the industry. And I shouldn't say love, but you, you got you, you're working, you, you're getting you're making your bread, which is important. Um, but sometimes I think that. Some artists get lost in one versus the other. And again, you have to ask yourself, well, what's important to you? And what's fascinating and what I love about DMX is he was so genuine in who he was flaws and all and at the end of the day people respect that people will forgive you for your flaws people recognize you're human and you make mistakes they pray for you they they wish you well and if and in some way if you can improve your life stop doing drugs stop doing fucked up shit that's beautiful that's beautiful for you and the people that love you and care for you and want you to be around but if you don't, they don't hate you for it or hold it against you. They, they're sad for you and they pray for you, but they still have love for you because they recognize you got demons, you got issues. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, some people don't get past those issues and those demons and, and they eventually become their downfall or their demise. Um, and I think that at the end of the day, because of how he prayed before shows or prayed during shows and prayer obviously and faith was a big part of his life because of certain songs that touched you on a human level. Uh, people love that and they respect that. And that's why, you know, and I, I don't want to flip this and make it seem like it's about me. Cause it's certainly not the first part of this podcast is tribute to DMX, but like everybody else that loved DMX, I relate to him on those levels. 
because I myself feel like I go through those things. I myself know that I have demons. I myself have pain, like 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 most people. Um, most people, it isn't out there for everybody. That's that to struggle with what you you struggle with, right? And I'm not, I'm not even saying this about you. I'm I'm, I'm putting I'm putting this on DMX. When your when your struggles are public, uh, now you have to actually deal with that too. Well, and then and then there's that too. The bravery of being public. Thank you. Yeah, is what people respect and love because it takes balls to do that. It, it it to be that transparent. It takes balls, and and he did it. Tupac did it, um, and not everybody does that. Even when they are struggling and have demons, because that bravery becomes an inspiration for others to, to, to maybe come up out of that. Um, and, you know, somebody, you know, it's funny. I, and I, and you'll, you guys will hear this when I read one of the emails. Somebody was talking about, yeah, man, DMX was in my top 10 or, you know. And, and, and certainly, let me say this lightly. You know how me and you go actor, movie star. Some dudes are actors, but they're not movie stars. Some dudes are movie stars, but they're not great actors. And some dudes are both. I think X falls into a little bit of both because from a lyrical standpoint, um, I said to myself, does he make the top 10? And I say yes, but he's number 10. And and I say that because when I look at the great lyricists, of course, Nas, Jay-Z, Big L, Eminem, KRS-One, uh, Biggie, Jadakiss, um, Rakim, and I'm already at eight, uh, Big Pun, nine, and then DMX. I, I got to put those nine above him because like Tupac to me, X was more energy. He was more passion. He was more fire. How I said when Tupac would go, nigga, tear the club up, you wanted to tear the motherfucking club up. Dear mama. You wanted to hug your mama. You, you felt. I never thought Pac was the greatest lyricist, but he was the most one of the most passionate, fiery, in terms of delivery. Um, I feel like X is the same way. Even though X has some bars, X will say some things to make you go whoa. Um, but to me, it was more about that 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 uh, that fire, that energy. Um, I remember I saw a clip where he's doing a freestyle. I guess they was on tour, him, Jay-Z, uh, a couple other artists. And he said this one line where he's, you know, freestyling, but he ended it with, I'll take this razor blade and put pinstripes across your windpipe. Boom! <laughs> I will put pinstripes across your windpipe. So he had some bars. But for me, it was the energy. Um... The, and, and I'm going to tell this story, and then I'm going to let you have it, and we'll go back and forth and play it however we're going to play it. I remember the first time I was introduced to DMX musically, and I, and I sent this post out. It was musically before it was visually. Uh, the song Money, Power, Respect. And I remember I knew who the locks was, Sheik Looch, Styles P, Jadakiss, Lil' Kim. She didn't even know she's not part of the locks, but she was on the song. And DMX. And I'm already knowing Jada is fire. I'm already knowing Sheik Luch Styles P fire. And I think Lil' Kim just really did the chorus. Uh, and then there was this voice 
You coming home, but you're not. You in the trunk, starting to rot. Hell is hot, because I'm here now, baby. It's going down, baby. Get the full pound, baby. Especially for nigga. Think he bigger than my motherfucking trigger. Should I? Did I? DMX is gone. I went, who the fuck is that? <laughs> I had never heard such... And, 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 I, and I was like, who the fuck? This, this nigga's incredible. Cut to, I'm at, a, I'm at a nightclub in L.A. And unbeknownst to the crowd, uh, DMX comes out and performs. And he does that song. He does his verse on that song. And I swear to God, Eddie, I went, I, I went, that's him. That's fucking him. And I was so excited when he got off stage. I walked up to him. Couldn't have been nicer. And I was like, yo, man, I just want to tell you, I heard that song. I didn't have a face to put to the name or the voice. Yo, you're fucking amazing. You're a dog. You know what I mean? I appreciate it. You know what I mean? I just do what I do. You know what I mean? Did you really like the song? I said, yes. He said, good. Give me a drink on you. And I, and I, I swear to God, Andy, I, I, it was the gayest, geekiest moment. I, I, I said, okay, Mr. X. And I said it just like that. <laughs> I said, okay, Mr. X. How old were you? I'm in my 20s, early 20s. You're in L.A. now? Yeah. Um, and I got him to drink. And I was happy to get the drink. Um, and it was an honor. But I, I just, I was so starstruck by his, by his power and his delivery and his rawness. Uh, and that was, that was the first of many, I feel like Dave Chappelle. And before this show is over, I'm going to tell you about the four times I met O.J. Simpson. Um, I, I got more DMX stories, but go ahead. You know, I'm not going to have a ton of stories. I'm going to tell you at the time, at this time, um, I had I'd gotten married, and I'm I'm, I'm being a, a dad. I mean, I'm out. I'm not doing anything anymore. Like I'm, I'm checked out. I, I lost who I was, right. and that's probably the reason why I didn't like this period of time. Uh, but I'll tell you, like impression wise, um, when I first heard uh, X Man, I was like. Oh, this is because it was that same feeling I got the first time I heard Snoop. Okay, that that I could see. I could see. I, I don't. I don't know that Snoop for me does for me what X did, but I know what you're going for. Just that's it, that tone, that, that tone, sound. The, the, the yeah. changed, and you went, yeah. "Oh no, that's different." Right, because it was silky, it was smooth. Uh, it was, right. it, but you know, you knew that the, uh, you knew that this was someone different, and then, right. he, and then every time you heard it, you knew who it was. Exactly, his and voice is very his, specific. So that's right. That's what I would say. Uh, and then, um, and then what? <laughs> and then after I got d- separated, divorced, I started dating this girl, and uh, this is kind of an ex story, I guess. Uh, who had like, a, like she had a crush on him. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't like him through this whole time period. Ah. So uh, and it wasn't that I didn't like him; it's just that I had this, you know. Every time, you know, I have I, to ask before you continue. Had you ever seen the movie Belly? Yeah. Was this when she said when you knew she had a crush? Was this pre Belly or after Belly? After Belly, her favorite movie. Okay, now ah, <laughs> you just helped me. You just set me up. <laughs> I know why she had that crush. Okay, because the same thing you felt, even though I never had a girl that had a crush on X. I was sitting in the theater in the scene where he fucks his chick. When he comes out the shower for the first time. And I know Hype Williams, the famous video director, especially back in the 90s, who directed all the top hip-hop videos. He gave it a movie-slash-music video look. There was certain lighting. Yeah. You could tell it it was had a video tone to it. But, you know, I don't know if they greased this nigga up on purpose. 
but he was just shiny, nigga, like a patent leather shoe. And he is digging her fucking guts out in the missionary position. And the way this nigga was gyrating with snake-like movements, I, I went, man, if I was in the theater with a bitch right now, I would look <laughs> right at her. And if I see drool out your mouth, I'm popping you in your snot box. <laughs> so, okay. Go ahead. So, no, that was it. That was it. That's, right. that, that's, that's my relationship. Right. So that that's that's where like uh, that's where I have like a dis I don't want to say disconnect because I, I I get it I got it it just the time period was off for me and then right. when I was back and I was like not being trying to be like this I guess it was a mo I, okay just so people know this um, I moved away from uh, I, I was living in Tucson we moved to Phoenix so now I don't have any of my friends anymore I'm kind of trying to you know work on my house like a dad like right. a, but I wasn't even dad like a husband and then we had kids and that just consumed me I didn't know anything about music I couldn't mm-hmm. I can't really tell you that much about that the music at that time right. uh, not in detail right because I just I left I left the world I stopped being I, I, I understand why people become dads and why they change right um, I wasn't trying to do that it just it consumed me and then when I but then when I uh, was back out there again and I was getting back into the that girl, when she said in in just this this like this like crush that she had, right? I just there was just uh, I don't want to use the word hatred, but there was a there <laughs> a was jealousy? there was a jealousy right. that I had. I don't know what it was, but it just, it was that backside just, uh, <laughs> nigga. That, that nigga's entire I forgot it, his ass was out too. I mean, it was just shiny and wet, nigga, and he was digging her guts out, nigga. Well, and then like I had my favorite, like they said, I came up earlier, so there was like rappers that I really liked, and she was like. And, and I and I, she pretty much basically she didn't say it this way, but you know my whole group mm-hmm. wasn't shit to her group, right? And uh, and then you know that that was it. That that's basically you know, it's it. funny. Like and, and it's really interesting how to, with both sexes, how like men like what they like. We all have particular tastes. Some dude will tell you his taste, and you'll go word that, but that's his taste, and like. You look at LL Cool J, and most women, I would say out of 100%, 95%, you understand why they like LL. Especially when he resculpted his body for Love You Better, and this nigga's chiseled like a Greek god. <laughs> He's a good-looking dude, the dimples, the licking the lips. And you go, I can see that. But then you go, there's a lot of women who love DMX. And you go, why? He ain't, you know, he ain't the... He ain't like LL. It ain't obvious. Like with LL, it's obvious. But women like that rough. Some women like that rough, gruff from the streets, dirt in your fingernails. Fucking nigga look like he just got out of jail or he's going to jail. He sells drugs. He smells like a felony. They like that shit. That nigga is a bag of hot Cheetos, nigga. Where LL might just be, you know, salty ruffles chips. Plain chips, but it's got enough salt and enough crunch that that's your bag. But X is hot pork rinds, nigga. But they always, when they filmed him, they always tried to make his his uh, size match his voice, right? Because he's not he's not a big guy, no, at all, no. Uh, so that that was the, you know, and, and so the way they filmed him, the way that I saw him, I just imagined that he was. Right in, in my head, and when she, he was a big dude. He was everything you're saying is correct. Right. Yeah, so that that's my relationship with him, though. Second uh, story, and this and X is wild, and and this was you know, this motherfucker. 
Some dudes just be a loose bag of nuts, nigga. I, I, you know, you don't want to fuck with them. And, and X was unpredictable and a little crazy at times. I remember when I was at Jerry's Deli. Uh, again, back in, in, the, in the early days, uh, Jerry's was the, the spot. When, every, when the clubs let out, because it was 24 hours. So at 2 in the morning, 2.33, it would be packed. And a lot of celebrities, of course. It's L.A., it's clubs. Um, and I remember one time, uh, and this was after I had met X, obviously, the first time. And he, I, I was on Mad TV. He kind of knew who I was now. And so we did that thing where it was like, oh, shit, two celebrities. Let's exchange numbers. So we're in Jerry's Deli. And we happened to be standing near the men's and women's room. And at one point, uh, X and me are chopping it up. And he said, yo, dog, you know what I mean? Let's change numbers. You know what I mean? So he's, I'm taking his number down. And at one point, this fat bitch comes out of the woman's bathroom and walks past us. And I don't know why he did it. But for, for some unexplained reason, he's in the middle of giving me his number. <clears throat> and he stopped. Looked this girl up and down and called her ham. And I can only imagine the association being, because she was fat, ham, like a pig. So he's like, uh, yo, dog, take my number down. I said, all right. He goes, 917-45-HAM-758. <laughs> and she looked at us like, did this nigga just call me ham? And I looked at her like, this nigga just called you ham. And he looked at both of us like, I just called the bitch ham. And it was the most awkward threesome because it was just 917-45-HAM. And she stopped. 744. Like, bitch, nigga just called this fat bitch ham, nigga. Um, in, in, in the same flow. In the same flow. It was like a song. 917-45-HAM. 758. <laughs> it was the strangest it was the strangest fucking thing. It was a vocal emoji. Yes. He just he just he just <laughs> number, branded number, this number. bitch ham, ham number number number. Right. <laughs> he branded her pork, nigga. Um third time uh I fuck with DMX and this was now he was doing Mad TV where I did the skit that I posted where I played his mother. Um and it was funny cuz at first he didn't want to do the skit, little inside information because one X was not a big fan of people impersonating him. Oh, he wasn't? No. And here's the thing, though. A lot of people that try and do DMX, they, they, they do the obvious. And, and they try to do a gruff voice. But either they go too fast or they're not really in the right pitch. Now, imagine a thousand motherfuckers trying to do that in front of you. Yo, I'm a fan, yo. Let me do you in front of you. And it's lame. You get tired of that real quick. Um, but, you know. I'm uh, I'm nice with it, nigga. Because, uh, you know, X has a flow when he flows. Sometimes he get high, and then he goes low. You know what I mean? There's a lot of non-means. And a lot of times when he talk, you got to find the rhythm. So it's, you know what I mean? So he, he was a fan of mine and was willing to do it. But the also thing, the, the, the thing also was um, he was sensitive about the topic about his mother. Because his mother was very abusive to him coming up. Um, so he didn't know what the joke was. All he knew was he, he's doing some shit about my mother. And I, I don't know if he <clears throat> loved his mother or those were one of the, the demons that haunted him. But he had a bad relationship with his mother, an abusive one. Um, 
But he eventually read the, the script, and between him being a fan of mine and reading the script, he was like, fuck it. But the day he was coming to shoot the, the skit, and we're all excited, you know, all the black dudes on the lot are fucking giddy. Uh, we're waiting on him, and it was me, Devon, Gerard, the black dude who used to open for me, who worked a lot. He was a parking attendant. And uh, I forget what the other black guy's name, who actually was co manager of the lot, but we all standing there. And of course, he's late. But finally, about three black SUVs pull up, and X gets out, and this nigga's smoking weed like it's legal. Uh, he don't give a fuck. I mean, he's smoking, nigga. He, it's all in the air. <laughs> he comes out, and he walks up to us, and we're like, yo, X, what up, man? Love, man. Glad to have you. He's like, yo, y'all niggas want to smoke? We was like, nah, yo, we working. <laughs> he was like, fuck it. More for me. And he started smoking and making his way to the stage. So it was more of that I just don't give a fuck persona. Um, and it's just amazing what rappers can get away with because they're rappers. Like smoking weed in public, doing wild shit, that's part of the criteria. So they can get away with that. Um, and we did the skit, and it was a great skit. Um, right now it's almost at 100,000 when I posted it. Um, and, you know, again, uh, some of his music was so influential for me and helped me through. Because that's what people will say. Man, his music helped me through a lot of rough times. And listen, um, yeah, there's this one song in particular that he did called Slippin'. Um, and I remember early in my career, I got a, and this was, you know, me being stupid and not knowing the business yet. I got a gig and, and I wasn't even with my manager, who I've been with ever since now for over for almost twenty years. But this my this one manager I with, who I was with, named Peter Saffron, who was uh, at Brillstein and back then Brillstein Gray Entertainment. Back when Brad Gray was partners with Bernie Brillstein before Bernie Brillstein died, and that company was it still is huge, but it was those two. Got me a gig in Atlantic City, and I had my Lexus Land Cruiser at the time and I, this was my first like not my first car but my first real expensive one um and i wanted to show it off man and you know my dad loved to drive he was a cross-country guy so i like driving so my plan was i was going to drive from la to atlantic city which obviously is in jersey but of course now i get to go to jersey show all my boys my my truck pick my boy ish up do the gig. We was going to drive back to L.A. together. Come to find out, I'm, I get to Jersey, but then the promoter was on some bullshit and fucked me. So I done spent this gas money, hotel money. I'm not even at that point making a lot of money. Um, and I was so burned out and so fucked up over it. Um, I was hurt, man. I was devastated. And I remember uh, as we were driving back, me and my brother slash best friend-ish, um, we got caught up in a little bit of a snowstorm. And it was just like one disastrous thing after the other. And I, and I played the song Slippin' at the time. And I mean, dude, I cried like a baby in the car. You know, I got my best friend, my brother with me. So it's one of those things where it's like, there's no shame. Nigga, let it go. You know, and, and I remember that song. That shit gave me a lot of strength, man. Uh, so I just want to real quick a snippet of uh, of of 
slipping because it's really a a, a powerful song that uh, a lot of people love and feel. Uh, and I'm not gonna just just a quick snippet. Uh. Yeah, it's life shit. Yeah, it's life shit is like it's like it's bump the fuck out for, for real. See, to live is to suffer, but to survive, well, that's to find meaning in the suffering. Hey, yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I can't get up. Hey, yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I can't get up. Hey, yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I got to get up. Get me back on my feet so I can tear shit up. Hey, yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling. Can't get up, hey yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling. I can't get up, hey yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling. I got to get up, get me back on my feet so I can tear shit up. I've been through mad different phases, like mazes, to find my way. And now I know that happy days are not far away. If I'm strong enough, I live long enough to see my kids. Doing something more constructive with the time than biz. I know because I've been there. Now I'm in there Sit back and look at what it took for me to get there First came the bullshit, the drama with my mama She got on some fly shit, so I split And said that I'ma be that seed That doesn't need much to succeed Strapped with mad greed, a heart that doesn't bleed I'm ready for the world, or at least I thought I was Bagging niggas when I caught a bus I'm thinking about how short I was Going too fast, it wouldn't last, but yo, I couldn't tell Group homes and institutions Prepare my ass for jail They put me in a situation Forcing me to be a man When I was just learning to stand Without a helping hand Damn Wasn't my fault Something I did To make a father leave his first kid At seven doing my first thing Back on the scene at 14 Wrote a scheme To get more green Than I'd ever seen In the dream And by all means I will be living high off the hog And I never gave a fuck about much But my dog That's the only motherfucker I'd head off in my last Just another little nigga Headed nowhere fast Hey yo, I'm slipping Before so yeah, man, there's, there's a lot of songs that he did that I just thought uh, moved people. Uh, one of my favorite songs, and when you think about the DMX hits, you think about Rough Riders Anthem, What These Bitches Want From A Nigga, uh, uh, Where My Dog's At, I don't know the name of that one song, Up In Here, Up Lose My Mind, or whatever that is, but there was one song he had um, that really wasn't a hit, that I thought should have been a hit. And this is the song when I go in terms of what I relate to. The chorus was this. The song was called Stop Being Greedy. And he says in the chorus, um, y'all been eating long enough now. Stop being greedy. Let's keep it real, partner. Give to the needy. Ribs is touching. So don't make me wait. Fuck around and I'm going to bite you. Snatch the plate. Now why that hits me is because I go, that's how I feel. I feel like in this comedy game and in this and sometimes in life, I'm not a I'm not as appreciated as I'd like to be. Uh and I'm undervalued. And I feel like, like I said, when I go to these comedy clubs and I don't see my picture on the wall, and I've been doing this 30 years, 31 years now, and I don't feel like I get the respect in the industry that I deserve. Um but fuck that. You know what I mean? I'm 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 you know, fuck that. Uh, and those lyrics, y'all been eating long enough. Talking about all you other successful motherfuckers. Y'all been eating long enough now. Stop being greedy. Let's keep it real, partner. Give to the needy. Give to me. I'm hungry. Uh, give to the needy. Ribs is touching. I'm fucking starving. Don't make me wait. Fuck around and I'm going to bite you. Snatch the plate. If y'all motherfuckers don't give me what I want, <clears throat> I'm going to get it. I'm going to bite you and I'm going to take it. 
Do you know that is every street nigga's aura? And and not to be violent, not to want to be cause violence, but I'm fucking starving. And y'all motherfuckers ain't giving it to me. I'm gonna take it by force. Woo. Um that was Chappelle's thing. Really? No, 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 not but when when he was talking about getting his name back, getting his uh Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, you know, I'll I'll, I'll just take it. Right. Pay me. Respect I'll, me. Or I'll or I'll I'll just take it. Right. So, yeah, yeah, it, it makes sense and you can see what the the influence of that idea right on all levels right yeah that that, that was a song that was that was a see that's where you go back to the bars he had bars yeah i mean yeah he he had bars but that to me i hear the bars i hear the bars but that energy i will not be denied y'all motherfuckers got yours let me in and if you don't let me in i'm gonna get aggressive and i'm gonna, I'm gonna hurt you if i have to I love that. Fuck. How could you not? That's the nigga version of. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> you know what I mean? When the Italians hear that. Dun, 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 that's our. Dun, dun, dun. Look around and I'm going to bite you. Don't make me wait. Oh, God. All right. Um, that's all I got on him. Um, uh, just one last quick thing. Uh, when you talk about, because Godfrey sent out a post, you know, praising him, and Godfrey brought up a song. Uh, it's actually off of LL's album, Phenomenon. The song was 4321 with Cannabis, LL, Method, Method Man, excuse me, Red Man, and DMX. Master P's on that song too, but that is, his verse was, nah. Uh, that knowledge, body, body, didn't belong with them niggas. Um, but X has a part, that, that Godfrey pointed out, and he was like, X said, don't make me put you somewhere where nobody could smell you. <laughs> God damn. And, and, and Godfrey was like, man, X was one of those dudes that you just worked out to. And then he flexed his bicep, Godfrey, because, you know, Godfrey's kind of swole. Yeah. And he goes, man, I got these muscles to DMX. And he said, DMX would have you lifting shit you didn't think you could lift. He said, I, I lifted some weights so hard that DMX... My my balls shut out my nutsack. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, X meant a lot of things to a lot of people. Rest in peace, big dog Earl Simmons. You're gonna be missed, nigga. I, I just gotta ask you this: when you did have him on Mad TV and you guys were doing that skit, how many times did you have to? How many times did you have to film that skit to get it right? Yo, he was on point, man. He just, he was fucking on point. We did it. I mean, we do two takes. Yeah, one for you know, and then the second for coverage. Uh, for in case you know yeah, yeah. there was mistakes, but just safety, yo, he nailed them both. He knew his lines, everything. I'm telling you, some niggas function better off drugs. Yeah, well, he didn't break character either. The whole no, time. I would, I would have had no. a laugh. No, the part that I loved in the skit was the very end, uh, which I came up with, where I said to him, "Yo, son, some some women don't want a real man; they want an image." He goes, "Yo, no, you know," and he goes, "Yeah, mom, Dukes, I'm glad I got you." To show me what a real woman is. I go, let's go in the basement, blaze some trees. And as we as as we get ready to go in the basement, we slap each other up and give the the half man hug. But we did it with such force that you could hear and feel 
the two dudes in it, even though I was his mother in a wig and a skirt yeah. with glasses with the chain on and Tim boots. It was a, it was a man. Uh, pow! And, and uh, the audience loved that. So it was fun, man. It was real fun. OK, in other news, uh, we are now Andy and I, the vaccinated boys. Yeah, well, I, I'm still. You got a second shot to get. I, I still need some more coverage, but yeah, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm good right now. All right. Um, you want to talk about what you felt, or? Uh, yeah, I'll talk about what I felt, but I, I'll ask you the first. Well, no, I'll save that. We'll, we'll get we'll, we'll round back way. Um, yeah, I got the uh, I got the Pfizer shot. Uh, I got it uh, that first week that I was eligible to get it, and now they just they just bro- opened it up to everybody. Now everybody's running down there to get it because people aren't coming out the way that I guess they thought they were going to, right? Uh, especially out in Jersey, so. Um, I got my shot. They make you sit there for like 15 minutes. You have to sit there for 15 mm-hmm. minutes. So I sat there for my 15 and I felt pretty good. And then I drove home and I realized when I got home, like I was aware, like I was aware the whole time I was driving. Right. I knew what I was doing, but I don't really remember the drive. Like mm-hmm. I, I remember, I, you know, it just, I don't know if it had anything to do with the vaccine. Maybe I was just tired, whatever. But then I got home. Everything was fine. My arm wasn't sore till later that night. It got a little sore, but the next day, dude, because mm. now I had uh, uh, COVID during November, um, and so uh, about maybe four weeks ago, I got a blood test to see if I still had uh, right. um, what, what's it called uh, the antibodies, and I still had antibodies. So what I heard was, if you've had COVID and you had antibodies, that first shot will kick your ass. Right. So uh, it kicked my ass later that that next day. Um, I still was good in the morning, but by the time we got to where it was like almost twenty four hours into my system, I felt like I had COVID again. So uh, it really felt like what you felt when you had COVID. Yeah, not maybe to the extent. I actually had a fever this time. I didn't have a fever during COVID, but I got sweaty. I was tired. I was cranky. I laid down. Um, I, I had um, I had my my throat. That's where I really got it was in my sinuses and my throat, and I could feel it all in there. And uh, my stomach got knotted up. Um, and I went to bed. Then I went to bed really early, and I woke up the next day. Felt great. I mean, so how? So officially, how many days before you felt great? The third day, by but Friday. Yeah, see, yeah, yeah. See, all the stories that I had heard was just that. Whether you got the the two shots or the one shot, which I got, it was. Um, Soreness in your arm the first day. Then for two days, nausea, body chills, feeling like you got the flu, uh, sickness, not throwing up, no, just yeah, nausea, throw up. Yep. And, and wanting to stay in bed. And my daughter got it. <clears throat> my baby mother got it. Her other, her other daughter's boyfriend got it. And they all described that's what they went through. I got it. The first day, I felt a little lightheaded, a little bit, but I also hadn't eaten anything prior to. Uh, once I ate something, it, the lightheadedness went away. Uh, and other than that, and a sore arm the next day, like on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the worst, my arm was at like a 8. But all that other shit, nausea, sick, chill, nothing. nothing. Yeah, well, good for you, but you did get the uh, Johnson & Johnson. And right. then right after you got it, that's when, not right after, but within the, what, 10 days or so? Right. Then that, that's when they put a pause on Johnson Johnson. Did that make you nervous? No. As a matter of fact, somebody sent me in my DM the, the headline, uh, Johnson & Johnson on pause 
butt clots. Um, and they asked me, which I could feel was a sarcastic tone because I had been post. I posted that I had gotten vaccinated. I showed my card. Uh, I've been saying people should get the vaccine. And, you know, are you so so no, you still sure about that vaccine? I said, yes, motherfucker. I said, it's six cases out of six point eight million. And all six cases were women. That's a teardrop in the ocean. Yes, I'm still sure about it. Um, next time, don't just read the headline. Read the article. I saw the I, I saw the news. I read the article. You're just trying to scare me based off some shit you saw in a soundbite. Read the fucking article. And when you read the article and you know that six cases out of 6.8 million shots administered, all women, no, you don't have anything to be worried about. Um, Unless you're one of those women, but it, I mean, yeah, but, but it's rare. Yeah, and, and that's they use the word rare, rare, and that's rare. And the reason they paused it is because that when they did try to to um, with the women that got it, and there was a fatality. Uh, I guess they made it worse. They don't know, so they're trying to figure. I think they're trying to figure out how to combat it before they go further with the yeah, which, which is, is what they should, should do, do, obviously. But for most people, for the the vast majority. Uh, that isn't an issue as of right now either. So, you know, <laughs> and it's younger women who got it too, right? Um, I want to go to something before I jump into this. So, Matt Reif, uh, who we've worked with, yeah. in uh, one of the Carolinas, uh, I always say, funny white boy, uh, motherfucker got the goods, baby, pretty boy, but he got the goods. Uh, he does a thing called low key comedy in L.A where they basically do comedy out of a standing in the back of a pickup truck yeah. outside. And this past Saturday, um, he had had me do it, but then he called me up and was like, yo, man, I'm not going to be there. I got COVID. I was like, oh, shit, okay. So I do the show, and Neil Brennan, um, who was Dave's writing partner on the Chappelle show, funny comic, he goes up and he does a thing where he, he goes, isn't it interesting how now that the vaccine has come out, all of your friends have turned into scientists. They all know science. And he goes, his one friend goes, man, they trying to, uh, they trying to get our DNA, uh, trying to figure out our DNA. And he goes, Craig, I've met your family. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> and it made me think about the black side of it, where black people, because you're either, a, they call you a sheep. And I, and I remember when I posted it, and I eventually took it down because I'm at this point right now where I, I, I have to, and, and I was, we were going to talk about this too, maybe not on this podcast, but something I wanted to bring up about. I'm really, I got my, what I think is my last warning from Instagram saying, look, man, you got one more post to do something about race, anything controversial, sexual in nature, or uh, just provocative or of any kind. And you're going to be suspended permanently. When you open your Instagram, it should just flash the whole time. Right. Just right. to remind you. Yeah, yeah. But so I said, you know what? Again, from a business standpoint, it doesn't make sense for me to get suspended because I'm trying to do, I'm trying to grow something here. So I said, from now on, I'm leaving all the controversial shit up to D.L. Hewley. Um, but I, I took the post down because I just went, I don't want to go to war with niggas. And and it's and it's hard for me not to fight what's in my instinct to do. And I know reading the comments, I got called all kind of sheeps. The niggas was coming at me, nigga. Don't you know that the government is gonna do this and do this? And listen, 
and I'm, I'm going to try to tread lightly here, but because I understand, all right? I understand we, black folks, have cause for pause. Tuskegee and all the foul shit that, that the government has done to black people, I get it. But at some point, we have to stop thinking that everything is a conspiracy. And again, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying don't move with caution. I understand. But everything ain't the boogeyman, yo. And my whole point is 100 million people have taken this shot. I don't know what the percentage is in terms of black people, but I'm sure enough black people have taken it and are fine that we can start believing that we got to take the shot, man. Like what magic... And somebody said on a funny post, look, Oprah's taking it. Bill Russell is taking it. Spike Lee is taking it. D.L. Hewley is taking it. And then Magic took it. Somebody went, Magic, nigga, he don't, you know. Fucking <laughs> Magic, man, shit hurt Magic. Yeah, and he's, yeah he's fine. <laughs> um, and listen, you on, on your joke, yes, Hank Aaron took it and died, but he was also 86. Exactly. So it's like enough black people have taken it where it's like, Let's 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 lose the boogeyman theory, you know. Um, and then you know, black people well, look, man. Usually, it takes years to come out with a vaccine. Man, they did this shit quick. Well, duh. We want to get back to business. This shit has crushed the economy. People's lives have been turned upside down. Businesses, especially small business owners, have lost their companies, their businesses. They won't rebound from this. This shit has destroyed the country, the nation, the world. You goddamn right they came up with a vaccine quick. We want to get back. America, like the rest of the world, wants to get back to the business of being in business. That doesn't surprise me. What were we supposed to wait years and years and years and, and, and not put a rush on this and continue to let this cripple the economy and our way of life? Come on, man. Um, I just, you know. I don't believe it. I don't think this is one of them cases. My spider sense is tingling. I do not think this is one of those cases. And before I hold the hand the floor over to you, I just want to say, kind of like what Neil Brennan, one dude said, uh, black dude, yeah, congratulations, man. You got the G5 in you. I don't even know what the fuck that is. They got the G5 in you so they can track you. And I went, of all the ways to track motherfuckers, phones, computers, GPS car, this is what they came up with. And, and I'm like, look, and this is the part where I tread lightly. Most times the government wants to hurt motherfuckers, black folks. It's black people who affect change, who have influence, and who will disrupt the business of racism. Because racism is a business, a la Martin Luther King, Medgar Evers. I think Terrell Jackson, who works the day shift at Popeye's, is going to be all right. They're not interested in you, nigga. But then one would make the argument, well, through systemic racism and the police and this and that, which we know, uh, they're killing regular niggas too. You see why, why this is delicate? Like, like yeah. I understand that argument. Yeah. And that is a valid argument. And, and, and yes. And it's hard to, to make, to, it's hard to invest in what I'm saying or this belief of mine, and I know a lot of people, black people, it, believe how I believe and feel this. But what makes this argument so hard is there's that too. 
the cops and the system, the, the white supremacy and the systemic racism, they're all tied together. So, yeah, they are trying to hurt Terrell Jenkins. But I'm also going, I don't think they are in, the, in some cases because – I don't know. It, it, it's just you know, uh, and I, and I said this at the beginning. If there was, uh, if they were pulling these vaccines out, and and if they if they came out with a with a, <laughs> if they said there was a variant in in, in between black and white, and we black people are going to get this vaccine, which is slightly different from this vaccine that we're going to give white people because of DNA and structure, it's found to be more effective. Or less complications. I would agree. I would be very leery concerned. It's the same box, right? It's the same, and everybody's lining up. And I, you know, I had I had the pleasure of speaking to a, a nurse on the plane. Her name's Kim. Uh, when on the way here, uh, which we are actually in, uh, we're in Alabama, right? Yeah. Yes. And we're at the uh, Huntsville. Huntsville at uh, Stand Up Live, and uh, I, I had the pleasure of flying in with her, and uh, she's actually a traveling nurse. She's a black woman who really broke it down for me uh, as far as the vaccine, what's happening, how they got it out quickly, um, you know, and, and, and some of the concerns in the black community and even her husband, who she convinced him that it was the right thing to do. She got it. Her whole family got it. I'm not saying because one woman has done this, but in the whole medical profession, and I've talked to a lot. I, I I don't know, Era. I don't know how much you realize how much like I read bullshit or just kind of keep mm-hmm. up. Or, everything that I've read, everything that I, I've I've understood about it, um, the new technology is one of the reasons they were able to rush this out. First of all, the old technology, uh, which is the Johnson Johnson one mm-hmm. that you use, um, I mean that's kind of developed. They worked off of a vac- uh, of how they used to produce vaccines and how they built that vaccine for uh, COVID. This new technology is, 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 from what I've been told, is amazing, and it's the way that uh, all the technology going forward to fight diseases is, is going forward. And to have this new technology is the reason it's been able to uh, accomplish what they're accomplishing right now. Yes, there is going to be probably a few things that they have to adjust or tweak, like I just found out on my Pfizer that I might have to have a, a third vaccine in the first year, and... I may have to have it every year. Well, we get a flu shot every year. Uh, I, I, not everybody does, uh, but I could understand if I had to take a COVID shot once a year so that I didn't have COVID, I would. I understand it. Uh, but when you get the vaccine, and as Kim pointed out to me, they, they, uh, they come in a packet, and then they break them down, the nurses do, and everybody gets the same vaccine. So there ain't if they if, they, if like you just said Terrell Jackson right if they're looking for him they're also going to get Dustin Smith too well and you know Deidre Ann Johnson wrote in and told us she took it um, and this is the part where when again Neil goes all your friends have become scientists one nigga hit me up on Instagram and said there's potassium chloride in the vaccines and it's what they use to kill inmates. And I wrote him back and I said, 100 million people have taken this. So that means 100 million people should be dead. If that's, if that's true. Well, there is poisons in a lot of things that we have. in, con- but it's There's con- poisons in what we eat. But it's controlled to kill a bacteria. And that's what it does. Uh, but it doesn't kill you. 
uh, a, a lethal dose of potassium chloride is what kills you. A lethal dose of anything uh, of aspirin can kill you. So you you can take too you much. You know how much poisonous pussy I've been in, <laughs> but the amounts of vodka I drink uh, eliminates that bacteria. <laughs> Do you know how much poisonous pussy you have to ingest before you finally go? That's it. I'm not having it anymore. <laughs> or you run to the doctor and go, clean this shit up so I can get back to poisonous pussy. pussy. Um, yeah, man, it's just it, it, it's a case that I understand we would like some more case study, but it's not it's not possible because of the situation right. that we're in. And and we're it 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 seems to be working well now. Ten years from now, maybe we call each other up and we we talk to each other and we look at each other with our third eye. I right. don't know, but we're all going to have a third eye. So then we're all going right. to be third eye people because we right. all got the vaccine. Uh, the other thing is, this isn't an American thing. This isn't just happening here in America. This these vaccines are all over the whole world. Right. Everybody needed them. Everybody's coming to America to get our vaccines too, uh, or we're or other people in Europe, uh, uh, in Africa. Everybody needs these vaccines. We're all in this together. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only I've in the medical profession, the only person I've talked to that wasn't getting it was one. Uh, she's a physician's assistant, and she was a white woman, and she was she wasn't getting it because she doesn't think there's been enough. Uh, uh, experimentation. This One. Is, this, this to me is what is so dangerous about the internet and social media and these goddamn phones now. It's like giving everybody a loaded gun. And not everybody is qualified to carry a loaded gun. I think there are so many people that just either don't do the research or who love, they, they got that gene in them. They love gossip. They love stupid shit, and they run with it. What you heard, you're running with what you heard. Do you really know? And I think you said something interesting yesterday when I told you about the one quote meme where somebody goes, um, what, what, what was it? You are the, oh, uh, somebody said something about guinea pigs, like, like, um, Fuck, I don't remember it. It was something to the extent of don't be a guinea. Oh, oh, people love being guinea pig. Oh, fuck, I can't remember it. But you said something to the extent of the moment we're born, we take vaccines. Yeah. Given vaccines. You know, it's, it was, it was, I wish I could remember that goddamn quote. Uh, it was something about not being a guinea pig. Or, and they said, if you get the vaccine, you are the guinea pig or some shit. Um, but no, yeah. I do remember the quote you said. Yes, I don't remember the wording. But yeah, but we we, we have been inoculated with other vaccines. Uh, no one's complaining because you're taking the polio vaccine and you're you're walking and your legs are working. There, there there's a certain amount of uh, a belief that we have in science, and you got to kind of roll with it at this point. I'm not saying there's not going to be a side effect uh, in the future. I'm really not saying but there's that. side effects to everything. 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 Even in those commercials, they tell you what the possible side effects could be. This phone right here, they keep telling us about the side effects from our phone. Having Brain radi- cancer. Having radio waves up again. Right. And for the convenience of our life, I haven't seen people putting down their fucking phone. So for the convenience of living and surviving this life. And the same people that will tell you uh, they're not getting the vaccine because they're worried about their health. 
are some of the same people who after my show will tell me, pull your mask down. And they'll pull their mask down because they want a picture where we're showing our entire face. Not giving a fuck as to whether or not I could have it and give it to you. And you getting it and giving it to somebody else. So knock it off. You know, people, you know, people always try to justify what suits their lifestyle or their convenience. Um, so they, they, they repaint, repaint the narrative as, to make it work for them as opposed to, are you basing this off of fact? Are you basing this off of what you really know or some shit you heard or some shit you want to twist and bend to fit your narrative and your convenience? Well, just, just and I read this and I told you this, I read it this morning. Um, they're, they're trying to get approval right now to release uh, uh, a genetically modified mosquito in Florida to uh, basically it's a mosquito that's going to take out the Zika, the, the, the mosquitoes that have the Zika virus. The mosquito will take out the mosquitoes. Yeah. Because there's all different kinds of mosquitoes. Right. And so they want, they have this mosquito that isn't a mosquito that bites people, mm-hmm. but it will take out these other uh, mosquitoes. And so what they're trying to do is is release they they've made them they genetically modified them and they want to release that. So science is going so and that honestly that makes me honestly I get a little nervous when I hear that because you know what could possibly go wrong? Nigga, call me when they bring dinosaurs back. (laughs) They say they can now. Actually, they bring. I I will if they come up with a Jurassic Park, nigga. I am there. You would go. Absolutely. If they told you you could buy like a pygmy dinosaur, like a mini pygmy with a miniature, is that what pygmy pigs? What right. You, a dinosaur, though, a small one for the house nah, as a nah, pet, no? Nah? Nah, nah, Little Tyrannosaurus? Nah, we don't, I don't play white games. Um, again, funny, one of the funny, funniest shits ever to me, uh, Corey Holcomb. Ain't none scarier than a mosquito that leave Magic Johnson house. <laughs> Oh, we're there. Yeah, you 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 put the cherry on it. Yeah. Um. Hey, y'all. And I'm talking to black folks. Um. Go get the vaccine, man. I think we'll be okay. Uh, protect yourself. Protect others. Because here's the thing: the more we play this game, the longer it's going to take for us to really get back to normal. Um. And you also made an interesting point yesterday when you said something about because black people aren't taking it, they can turn around and say... That yeah, yeah, that they're being affected by COVID and COVID's taking out more black people when it could just be because the num- their vaccine numbers aren't going up. So their the well, death rate's going up. What do you up. say to some of the black brothers who have said how the fuck did we become the face of COVID? Whenever there's an issue HIV, anything that's, you know, serious business we're always the face of it. When did how did niggas become the face of COVID more than anybody else? I don't know. Oh, do you? No, I. I, 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 you know. I, I mean, it, it, it affected the black community differently because. Of, but I'd like to know how. What what makes that? What makes that so? Diet, because of certain uh, conditions that uh, black people are more susceptible to Hi- hypertension, blood pressure. But it's Fried lifestyle. Chicken, Kool Aid, grape juice, orange soda. Right. So um, that that's part of it. Ham hocks, uh, collard greens. 
loaded with hot sauce and mac and cheese. But then there's also um, living situations where uh, black people who live in more uh, well, and it wasn't this wasn't on black on black people, but this is the living situation when bigger cities where people live closer to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's uh, a lot of people, a lot of, like in New York, a lot of black people live in the same area. So uh, when you're living close to each other, that also brought the numbers. So up. like 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 projects, like almost yeah, like because you're all living in. In right. the same area, so you're in, in, in the closeness of that area. Temporary layoffs, easy cripple ripoffs, scratching and surviving, hanging in a charter. Here's the here's the bottom line though on this vaccine thing, uh, and, 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 and science. We got them. All these anti, you know, the anti science people and the people yes. that are afraid of it. Here's the deal. Uh, let's say the vaccine does have a problem. And let's say uh, we all get uh, everybody takes the vaccine gets wiped out completely, completely. So that would be all the people that are science people, because all those science people are the ones that took the vaccine because the science people believed in it. Right. That's going to lead. What's going to be left then is non-science people. So that's that's the option of the world that you would live in afterwards. They'll never get rid of all the niggas. Niggas will survive everything. I know nigga crackheads that are living right now, nigga, from 40 years ago. Niggas will survive. We're like roaches, nigga. If they turn out the lights, you'll think we're gone. But when the daylight hits, nigga, we come out, we'll scramble. Where niggas will live, nigga. We're not worried about no goddamn vaccine, no plague. No, nothing takes niggas out. We're forever. We are forever niggas. Niggas and roaches. We live everywhere. You white people, you will be taken out because your skin is weak. Your pigmentation, that white skin is horrible. Your, 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 your mayonnaise, your bad mayonnaise in the summer. You have a stench. Your bad mayonnaise in the heat. <laughs> All the non-science white people will end up going back to the frozen caves so that they can survive. Yes, Complete survival through separation. Niggas will go back to Af- niggas will turn America into Africa. White people, you're going to get back to the caves where you started in the winter in the cold. All of you, frozen, pink toes and heels. <laughs> you're done. Okay. I just want to give a quick one because this is going to be out. Um, we're in Huntsville, so when you guys are listening to this, we're going to be in Spokane. Uh, comedy club in Washington. I've uh, never been to Spokane, Washington. No, I haven't either. Uh, so this is our uh, our debut. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that one is up, and then uh, uh, just I don't know what's really happening after that one because everything well, is kind of changing. And then we got a week off, and then oh yeah, yeah, that's Portland. right. Portland, Portland is the next one. Portland is the one the following week. Fair Not following week, a week in between. Fair no time is a good time for you. We're going to meet Farrah. Yep, May 7th through the 9th we'll be in Portland. Farrah is from Portland. We'll be at the Helium Comedy Club. Farrah, come out, baby, and bring your white zaddy. What uh, the fuck is a zaddy? She, she's coming out, though, right? I hope to God so. I hope so. And you better be, because if you ain't... <laughs> Gonna be fine in a are you, are you going to leave her 
uh, a set of tickets? Absolutely. How could I not leave Farrah tickets? Farrah, matter of fact, when I come out and Andy introduces me, ladies and gentlemen, Aerie Spears, I'm going to come out to Sarah. (laughs) Sarah, Sarah, don't die um, yeah, dude, I was listening real quick before we get into the music real quick. I was listening to the recent episode we did about Tina Turner. And, you know, sometimes when I listen to the podcast, I go to myself, damn, it's too late. But I think of jokes or things I wish I said that I didn't say. Um, that was very DMX the way you just said that last line. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I thought of things that I should have said that I didn't say. Um <laughs> When I did the thing where I, I, I sang, uh, what's love got to do, got to do with it? What's love but a secondhand emotion? Now, you, you heard that part? Yeah. Secondhand emotion. I went, how funny would it have been? I went, what's love got to do, got to do with it? What's love but a backhand of emotion? It's <laughs> so wrong. <laughs> So funny. So wrong. All right. Dude, wait, wait. I got to tell you, because you brought that up really yeah. quick, really quick. I, I, I did a test on that. On what? Um, when we talked about Tina Turner, because you said whose voice was like that. Oh. And I left out a white woman. Janis Joplin. Yep. I left her out on yeah. purpose. I left her out on purpose to see if we'd get any letters. I got nothing. I got nothing, which really, to me, means we really... It, there's, I think I got one. That said Janis Joplin? Janis Joplin. Because I was like, I didn't say, I didn't bring her up. And right. I, did, I didn't because I wanted to see if I'd get any letters because I, I wonder what our demographics are. Right. And obviously, there's no like white people that dig like oh, that old rock air that, right. that, 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 that wrote into me and said, Motherfucker, you forgot Janis Joplin. Because I think that, right. that that's a big one. And she had that gravelly... Yes. And the one that was... At the same time uh, as Tina Turner, that I don't know that I would put. I, I who had the gravelly it was Bonnie Raitt. Bonnie Raitt is uh, well, Bonnie's country, she, but she, she had, had rock. That, she had the rocks. Um, I don't know. But she has that gravelly. I don't know. I I, I just didn't let's put give it. them something to talk about. But she also has that gravel in some of her I songs. Never, I don't hear that in that. Yeah, not in that one. That that but that. Let's give them something to talk about. But Janice was definitely yeah. the one, and I and I I uh, it was kind of a little test that I did yeah. for myself. Janice Joplin sounds like she'd be. She was eating thumbtacks. <laughs> she had a raw sounding yeah, voice. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, that was it. That's it. Since you brought it up, I wanted to. I wanted to say that. But yeah, you're right. Um, all right. Uh, this is from Ace Thomas. Art craft, immaculate music links and social media. His social media is his email is the immaculate ace nine seven three. At gmail.com. T H E E M A C U L A T E A C E 973 at gmail.com. His Instagram is the immaculate T H E E M A C U L A T E A C E 973. His Twitter is the same. Well, no. The Twitter is at the immaculate, spelled the same way A C E. YouTube, Ace Thomas. The song is called I Don't. Mine. Uh, this nigga really wants to get booked. He left his phone number too. 510-347-9539. Uh, Spotify. The Evils is the EP album. I think this brother's out of Philly. Uh, enjoy. Love y'all.
peace. What? Love got to do, got to do with it. What? Love, but a backhand of emotions. Niggas shake my hand and dab me up like we're homies But I know they try to know me So if you wanna waste your little time with me Then I'ma make sure I give you what you seek I don't mind, please These niggas shake my hand and dab me up like we're homies But I know they try to know me So if you wanna waste your little time with me Then I'ma make sure I give you what you seek I don't mind, please Yeah, this is the same bullshit Every time I come around, they got their hands out quick Where was you when I needed to make a dollar for the rent? When my seed was born, I needed food, clothes, and milk Yeah, these niggas disappear like Jimmy Hoffa Ain't nobody come around when the kid was starving So I gotta go on the bus to shit and flip my whole mode Now I walk through to these shows, tapping out of there, it's froze No, I'm not signed, but I paid my own road Till a top-notch contender reach a high for the gold And I ain't stopping till my whole Family full of bankrolls and the state rappers playing in the prime box, stiff cold. These haters see my grind, I'm about to blow. I'm bringing back the game like Esco. Cruising ghosts riding the web throughout the West Coast. Chilling with my badass chick, blowing the best smoke. These niggas shake my hand and dab me up like we're homies. But I know they probably know me. So if you wanna waste your little time with me, then I'ma make sure I give you what you see. I don't mind, please. These niggas shake my hand and dab me up like we're homies. But I know they probably know me. So if you wanna waste your little time with me, then I'ma make sure I give you what you seek. I don't mind, please. It really seems like everything is all fucked up. In the world, it's been about a hundred miles per hour. I think I need to take a toe to this hour To get my mind at ease and try to regain my stature If not, homie, I'ma be dead in the box lonely Worried about these young jocks trying to come into me See, they ain't even on my degree I'm a god, so these fools gotta listen to me I'm from the belly of the beast Disrespect to make cheese If your status ain't that, nigga, please go with OD I'm Spike Lee in this movie And if your shit ain't right, you're getting left back in my heart Can you feel it, baby?